Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie, and this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, guys? My name is Dan Wynn, and welcome to the Military Cash Flow. So today, as you guys have noticed, uh, we don't have uh, Mike with us today. He's actually uh, wrapping up some other things, as you guys have probably seen his through his 2020 wrap up. You know, he's closing on like 34 deals last year, and he's trying to double that this year. So you know, uh, he, he's he's got some things to do. But today, we have a great guest, Anthony Pinto. And he's going to be talking about his mission first capital and his journey through real estate right so uh welcome to the show anthony really really appreciate you coming on um please would you let us know a little bit about yourself who you are where you're from and uh things like that sure absolutely yeah uh first off thanks for having me on here really appreciate it i always enjoy uh coming on podcasts especially military podcasts to share the story um but yeah, so my name's uh, Lieutenant Anthony Pinto, uh, active duty submarine officer, currently stationed in Japan. Um, spent about four years in Norfolk before this on a sea tour and then on a shore tour out uh, actually in the shipyard there. And um, been about, it's at six and a half years now for me. Um, went to the Naval Academy before that and uh, probably have about two years left here in Japan. So uh, that's kind of my military background. In terms of real estate, oh, I guess I can also tell you where I'm from. I'm from Kansas City, uh, that area originally. Uh, my family now lives on the uh, Kansas side, however, and that's where I went to high school. But Kansas City as a whole is where I'm from originally. Um, so let's see, real estate. So yeah, I um, you know did my C tour for about three years from 2016 to 2018, into 2018, and um, during that time, it uh, it it was it was rough. It was rough being in a shipyard boat, um, you know, and essentially living a life like you were out to sea. You know, spending 16 to 18 hours a day working, but you know, knowing that you could go home and see your family, but you can't because you got to work. Um, and then the, all the steps it took to get the boat out of the shipyard. It was just not a, a pleasant time. And you know, I realized, you know, through my three years there that I didn't want to spend another 15 years uh, in the Navy and, and to get to the retirement age when I could get out and, and get a pension. And, you know, I just I was looking at what my department heads looked like and what my XO and my CEO looked like. And it just didn't it didn't look fun to me. And it didn't look like it was um, a great choice for their families as well. And so, you know, that's something that's really huge for me is being able to spend time with my, you know, with my wife now and my, and my future uh, children and family. And so knowing that I just, I had to think of other options to, um, besides the Navy. And so one of the things I stumbled upon was real estate investing. And uh, I actually um, got in touch with a guy named Stuart Grazier, who's another military investor out of, uh, I think he's in Colorado now. Um, super awesome guy if you haven't ever met him. And uh, he sent me on to a couple books, uh, one quintessential rich dad, poor dad, and then another one called set for life by Scott trench. And uh, who's who's now the bigger pockets CEO as well as the uh, podcast host. And so reading set for life, it really changed my mindset around how to um, take advantage of the specifically the assets I have available to me as a military or the, I guess the opportunities I have available to me as a military investor. And one of those was being able to use my VA loan. 
And in Set for Life, he talks, uh, Scott talks a lot about how to minimize your expenses and, you know, make, kind of make your dollar go a lot longer. And one of the other things he talked about was this idea of house hacking. And for your know, listeners who may not know, uh, you know, what that is, it's essentially buying a house or a small multifamily property, living in it and renting out the other bedrooms or the, you know, the other units in there and, and essentially living for free, having your mortgage completely paid for. And if you're doing it right, potentially also cash flowing where you live there as well. So I fell in love with that idea and uh, I got off of my boat the day before Thanksgiving and I told my wife, hey, we're going to move from our 2000 square foot, really nice four bedroom house into a 1100 foot studio apartment with three other units around us. Oh, and it's, you know, 120 years old. Oh, and it's in Portsmouth, which is uh, if you've ever been to Norfolk, it's not the best area in the world. Um, and as you can imagine, that conversation went really well. And uh, my wife immediately took to, uh, to real estate investing and what that meant for us. Um, but, you know, I can, I can delve more into, you know, the spouse approval of, uh, of the business, but she eventually came around to it. And we moved into that in the beginning of 2019, um, spent that the whole year house hacking that and, you know, doing the renovations to ourselves to the property and updating a lot of stuff there, getting tenants in there and, and living rent free. Um, and so that was pretty much all 2019 before we came out here. And in February 2019, we bought a triplex with a couple other Navy guys, uh, naval, naval officer, well, one's a naval officer, one's a submarine guy, and um, did a joint venture on that deal. And, you know, we all just kind of brought capital together or brought work together and we split the profits. And after that deal and, and um, some of the issues we had from that deal over the next couple months, I just kind of realized that. Uh, you know, we could go piecemeal buying small multifamily here, single family home here, and just kind of eventually get to, you know, uh, 20 units or 100 units. And, and, but honestly, like, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, like, I, my headache is just as big for my three and my four unit as it is for my single family home. And the same is true for 100 units as it is for my, you know, my seven units that I had from, from small multifamily. And so I just started realizing, like, why put in all this effort for for these small properties when we can do a large property and also, you know, get into syndications, you start bringing in investors to put down the down payment and cover, uh, you know, the capital needed for that, um, you know, spread out their risk, economy of scale. I mean, you know, so, so a lot of benefits to large to large multifamily. So started doing a lot more research into that, uh, getting into different programs, networking. And in July of 2019, I had a 34 unit under contract back home in Kansas City. Uh, it was actually about like 10 minutes away from where my grandparents lived there. And I uh, thought it was a super awesome deal. Like I was super gung-ho about learning. You know, I, I, I thought I really knew everything there was to know about multifamily investing. Like I thought I had all my ducks in a row. And I just realized very quickly that I was way in over my head, over my head on this deal. Um, I didn't have any boots on the ground guys there to look at it. I didn't have any property management company. Um, I didn't have the capital for it. I didn't have the liquidity. I didn't have the network. I literally, I literally had nothing that I needed to take down this deal. And I almost just, I got under contract. I was like, oh, you know, I'll figure it out later. And like literally two days before due diligence ended, I hadn't figured it out. And, um, you know, thankfully I actually went to visit the property and, uh, it was, um, it was a shit show. I'll just say that it was a very dilapidated property, and it was, um, and it, and I wouldn't have really seen that until I actually went to the property and put eyes on. 
And um, so at that point, you know, I released contract on it. I only lost about five grand of my own money and travel fees and inspection fees. Uh, but, you know, the biggest lesson it, it taught me was that I could not do it alone. And, you know, guys who are doing single family homes and smaller multifamilies to an extent, most likely if you're, you know, you're getting deployment bonuses coming in or you're finding, you know, a partner here or there to throw in 50 to 100,000, like, it's pretty simple to just have one or two people involved with it or, you know, or just have one person actively managing it. But when you're talking 100 units, 34 units, 50 units, you know, whatever that is, there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more plates that it have to be uh, up in the air and keep spinning. And there's a lot more extra requirements that you, you have to kind of fulfill and check boxes that you have to check to be able to, to take down these properties. And so um, I realized there that I had to find other partners to fill in these gaps that I didn't have. And oh, wait, I was also going to be leaving to go to Japan in six months from then. So I was like, well, shit, like, what am I going to do here? So I focused a lot more on actually learning the craft and focusing on the things that I was good at and, and networking with individuals. So from July until the end of the year, started going to a ton of different conferences all up and down the East Coast, went to one in Dallas. Uh, Baltimore, uh, DC, all over the place, and just met a lot of individuals that uh, potentially I could partner with, you know, guys who were boots on the ground in this area, guys who had capital, guys who, you know, filled in a lot of the gaps I didn't have. And towards the end of the year, I wasn't having a lot of success with actually getting in, in any deals. And then I started my podcast, uh, or started recording episodes for it, uh, called the Lessons in Real Estate Show. And uh, it, it started with, in, with uh, interviewing military investors who you know, were involved in multifamily and commercial real estate. And so one of the first guys that I interviewed for that uh, is now my current partner and uh, you know, the, the, one of the managing partners for Mission First Capital, and his name is Phil Capron. And uh, you know, I had him on the show. We talked. You know, we did his whole interview. And then he was like, hey, you know, I got this deal that's you know, 104 units. It's just down the street. You know, would you be interested in coming in and cap help capital raising? And, uh, you know, I, I it was only about 10 minutes away from the property. So I went and took, and took a look at it. And I was like, oh, man, this is like a, a pretty nice property. Like, how did you, you know, get this on the contract? Um, but long story short, he brought me in on that deal. I raised about 800000 personally for that. And, you know, just really opened my eyes to this whole, the whole process of, uh, of getting into large multifamily. Just really fell in love with the idea of that. And so closed on that one in March of 2020. Uh, in September of 2020, we closed on a 90 or sorry, 112 unit in Savannah, raised about 800,000 for that one. And then closed on a 92 unit in, uh, in end of October, I think Halloween actually. And that was, uh, I think it raised about 400,000 for that one. So pretty much going from zero to 60 in, in one year of 2020 while being overseas was, was like crazy, but I really think it was a testament to knowing what where my strengths lied and knowing what i could and couldn't do um like physically and geographically could not do from being over here and, and really time wise um that really kind of took off to, uh, you know had my real estate career kind of take off there um you know and, and sitting you know uh, two years ago here with we're saying recording this in january thinking back about how we had just closed on our quadplex or just we were three weeks away from moving in to you know now having over 300 units and you know being in a foreign country and and just being able to raise you know a lot of money a lot more than I thought I would be able to as a you know as a military guy so um, I, sorry I talk a lot so please if, if you have any specific questions for me happy to answer them now 
No, man, you, you, uh, I love your passion, right? I, you can clearly tell your passion, you're excited about what you're doing, which is awesome. Right. So, um, but yeah, you definitely, you definitely gave us everything right there. So let's start unpackaging <laughs> a little bit of this and, uh, starting to get some, some more questions, some more, uh, answers that some people might, um, might be thinking of, right. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. All right, and with that said, let's get back into this episode. So uh, first things first, I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing that I think most people are, are going to want to know is, OK, you're, you're in Japan. Right. And you've still you still closed. I think you said your last deal was like 92 units. Correct. And you were able to close on that while you were still in Japan. Is that correct? Right. OK, so so you're an out of state investor. Um, well, you're out of you're an international. You're out of out of the country. Right. So um I think a lot of people are are uh, kind of struggling with that, right? I've seen, we have a, a Facebook group, a pretty large Facebook group where we have a lot of service members that ask that exact same question. They're like, oh, I'm in Germany. I'm in, I'm here, I'm here. You know, what are some, what are some key things that, that is helping you um, take down these deals while you're out of country and what's, and what are you able to add of value um, while doing that? Sure. And, and that's a great question. And, and when people first ask me, it's like, oh, you're an active duty guy doing this. Oh, you're overseas doing this. Like how, like how, how are you having the time to do this? Like, how is that possible? And, you know, in my mind, there's really no difference between me buying property in Virginia versus someone in California buying property in Virginia, right? Especially now with COVID, the ability to travel and go see these properties um, is, you know, it's, it's pretty much not there. So a lot of what you can do in real estate investing, particularly when it comes to multifamily can all be done on phone calls with, with individuals, or they can be done remotely. Um, outside of the physical due diligence, like there's nothing that should hold you back. Uh, if you're thinking of investing out of state. Now, that being said, some people just aren't comfortable with that. Some people are not comfortable with not you know, not being able to drive immediately to the property and not being able to, to put eyes on it, you know, every month or every quarter or whatever. Especially that first property. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's totally understandable as someone who, you know, um, as a, 
I think one of the things that we learn in the military is our ability to, um, you know, be so focused on the mission at hand and want to have a lot of fingers in, in making sure that that, you know, goes the, the right way. And uh, delegation was something that was hard for me. And I think that's kind of really what it comes down to is, you know, there's a lot of risk associated with really investing in, in general at all, any type of investing, whether you're investing in the, in the stock market, whether you're investing in real estate, whether you're passively investing, actively investing, there's always going to be the risk factor there. Um, but what you say in your head and what you tell yourself to get over that is really going to make the difference between you being successful or, or not, or you even taking the first step or not. Um, so for those guys, I say who, you know, are overseas and don't really know how to get started or think that geography or time zone differences, uh, are a detriment to them. I mean, that's just really a, a limiting belief. Uh, you know, ultimately, Right now, I know that everyone that's in the East Coast right now is 14 hours behind me. Everyone that's on the West Coast is 17 hours behind me. And I know that right off the bat because I have to make appointments on a daily basis with people who are 14 hours behind me. And it's as simple as that. It's just knowing, hey, I have three hours at the beginning of my day, or I have two hours here during lunch, or I have whatever amount of time it is booked out to talk with people, to research properties, to um, do whatever you need to do in terms of real estate geographically being constrained shouldn't stop you from being able to do that yeah time zones differences suck it's, it's true you're probably going to have a lot later uh later nights or earlier mornings um but you know that really shouldn't hold you back now the one thing i will say is for guy, guys investing overseas you know there's a couple different options uh to to think about one you can do the active side of things you can be a gp on large multifamily. you can actively try to find these properties and take them down um, but I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, especially if you're not, if you don't have the experience to do it, or you don't have the connections to, to be able to take down those larger deals. Um, and knowing that, uh, the second option would be to passively invest. And you'd be surprised how many people start by passively investing in syndications, um, or just, you know, passively investing in general. And by passively Im investing, I mean that in the syndication, there are two groups of people. There are the general partners who are actively doing, pretty much everything it takes from contract to closing. Uh, so finding the lending, finding, actually finding the deal, talking with the broker, all of that. Um, and they're taking you know, a small piece of the pie for the a, a large amount of work that they have to do. And then you have the uh, limited partners who are actually bringing in the capital to this deal. So what's, for example, on a $2 million raise, you bring 50,000 or 100,000 and you get a certain amount of equity for the deal. And that's literally your only responsibility is just to bring capital to the deal and you have limited liability, limited responsibilities in the syndication, and you essentially just get a return on your capital. And for a lot of people who may not have the time because they're getting deployed, may not have the time because they're, you know, they, they're in another country or they want to spend a lot more time with family or, you know, fill in the blank on, on what that, uh, you know, what that issue is. Passively investing is, a, is an amazingly great way to get exposure to the large multifamily and apartment buildings without having to be directly responsible for it and, and still make great returns on it. So that's kind of my advice for guys I talk to who are like, yeah, I'm overseas. I don't really know how to get started. I mean, there's, there's plenty of ways to, to get started. There's plenty of ways to, to learn at the very least. There's so much you can do in terms of just learning how to do stuff. And if you're only going to be, you know, overseas for, you know, a year, two years, three years, that's plenty of time for you to learn, learn how to underwrite, learn how to look at deals, uh, you know, evaluate, um, you know, uh, property managers in an area. I mean, there's so many things that you can do that you don't have to be geographically in that area. Um, at the very least, just learn. So you're 14 hours away. 
your or your 14 hour time zone or uh, time difference, excuse me, 14 hour time difference uh, in a completely different country. Um, and you're still you're still able to, to close these deal based deals basically by networking and then obviously your mindset. Right. So um, I think that is 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 paramount to I think anyone's success, whether, whether you're um, regardless if you're out of out of state or not, you know, just being, just having that right mindset, having the network and, and, you know, just, you know, getting after it for, for the most part. Right. And I think that's, that's amazing. Um, I want to back up to really that first deal though, because the transition between, you know, you were, you said you were living in a single family home and I probably should ask this first, but you were living in a single family, uh, home first, and then you had to figure out how to get your wife on board. You're like, Hey, we're going to go and move into this multifamily, you know, you had to get your wife on board and figure that piece out. How did that actually go? I mean, obviously it went somewhat successful, but like, what are some of the, of the things that uh, you did to help bring your wife on board uh, with that? Sure. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a struggle. I will say that, um, you know, I had spent the last two months before I talked with her about that, doing research, getting in the mindset, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, it's, it's, uh, the mindset alone is huge in, in how you swap from being, you know, the military mindset of almost being like a worker and a cog in the machine to being an entrepreneurial mindset and thinking about, you know, how can I make this cog, you know, work for me? How can I make the machine better? How can I make it more profitable or whatever? Um, and so that was something she hadn't been exposed to that I had had kind of a jump on. And, you know, I, I went through a number of different iterations on how to approach her about this and how to like really get her on board. Um, some of the ways that didn't work was trying to get her to read the same books that I was reading. It was like, Hey babe, like if you just read these things, you'll learn exactly what I'm learning. Like you'll, you'll see, you'll realize like what, why we're doing, what we're doing is going to make us rich. Um, didn't work. She was not interested in reading those books at all. Uh, second thing I tried was showing her graphs and charts and like, Hey, this is how much money we're going to make, you know, per month. This is, you know, blah, 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 all these different things, you know, pulling, uh, pie grass off of bigger pockets when I was analyzing deals, like all this stuff, lots of colors. That didn't work either. She was um, not financially or numbers minded. And uh, that was the wrong approach. And, you know, I just kind of took a step back and I realized like from a, you know, emotional, psychological kind of standpoint, I think men and women are, are different um, in that men focus more on like the growth and being aggressive and like how much money can I make? And women are much more about the stability aspect of things. Like how are we going to have enough money to survive the next month? Are we going to have enough food to survive? Like where are we going to live type of thing? And so when I started looking at it from that frame of point, you know, frame of uh, uh, point of view, you know, I really started thinking like, okay, she's, she doesn't really care about the money. Like we're going to have money regardless. She's caring more about the security that we find ourselves in. She's caring about, can we support having three mortgages all at once? She's caring about, are we going to have a house to live in now? Like we're pretty much uprooting our whole life that we've been in for the past, you know, two, three, four years and now moving to another place. And so when I kind of realized those thoughts that she was having, I just, I addressed them as like, Hey babe, like, this is a situation we find ourselves in. This is how much money runway we have to be able to, to get tenants in there. This is how much money we're working with to do renovations and all these different things. You know, like we, we will be okay. Like, you know, we'll, you know, we'll move into this new house. We'll make it our own, you know, and, and just really explaining and, and sitting down and explaining it to her. Um, but, you know, it's still, it really, honestly, like that was great. That was a great first step, but it honestly took showing her by an example of, 
what we were doing was making sense and was actually, you know, good for us and making us money to really get her on board with what we're doing. You know, it wasn't until we actually had tenants in all three of our other units in the tri in the quad. It wasn't until we had tenants, all of our units filled up by that point that she was really like, okay, like we can breathe now. Like the, the buildings aren't going to fall apart. We're not going to have tenants, you know, blow up things. Um, and you know, we had issues with tenants and it's going to, and it's going to happen. It was just the area that we bought in. It just, it just happened, but, um, really just proof of concept for her and, and understanding and realizing that we were going to be secure regardless of what happened and being okay with that and being content with that was really what made the difference for us. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I went through something very similar and it was just like you said, the proof of concept, uh, I pretty much got one chance to get the first one right. Right. And then after that, um, after the concept was proven and, and she saw that, Hey, what's the worst case scenario? Well, one, I had to go through it. What's the worst case scenario? The absolute worst case scenario is we lose out on X amount of money. Right. Um, but still we're young, we're able to, you know, still push through this. And then, uh, after that, after, after bought the home, prove the concept and it's like oh now I can see the whole picture right and then we start adding in what you said earlier as well about like designing lifestyle essentially you talked about like designing your lifestyle um I think it just adds it just a, the cherry on top so that's pretty cool man that, that, that's awesome and uh you, you did mention Stu Grazier earlier as well and we've had him on the podcast too so shout out to Stu if you're listening man um he's, he's a really really good guy um but yeah, so let, let's start walking through these some of these deals. So talked about the transition over from single family into multifamily, got your wife on board. Um, after that, you said you went into, I think you said you bought another triplex. And then mm -hmm. after that, you, that's when you started to go to uh, the multifamily, like really, really go into the syndication game. And after that, I'd like to start talking about a little bit about uh, Mission First Capital and what exactly uh, you do and how you're helping other service members. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, the, the timeline is, is pretty spot on. So, um, you know, we did three syndications last year. And, you know, um, one of the things that I really kind of noticed with uh, the capital that I was raising was there was a lot of other military investors just like me, guys who were active duty, guys who maybe had a little bit of change to throw around, you know, saved up through this or that, had money in a retirement account that they wanted to use, but they just didn't really know how to get into the multifamily and like the commercial real estate kind of realm. And so we did a lot of, you know, and I won't get into too, too technical details, but the, the um, offerings that we did were what's called five or six B. So it allowed us to bring in a certain number of non-accredited investors in, which is what a majority of military investors are. And um, you know, the issue with trying to do five or six Bs um, is that one, there's only 35 guys that you can bring in who are not accredited. Um, and after that, you can't accept people. And then it's hard to use a 506B when you're talking a 10, 20, you know, $50 million raise with not being able to advertise. So it just really dawned on us that the opportunities for military guys to get into real estate, uh, you know, the types of, of deals like that, that we were taking down as syndications is rather limited um, or non-existent for a lot of people. Because if, if you can't actively market it and you're not on someone's list, you're probably not going to hear about it. So, you know, everything that you're seeing out on Facebook and on social media and in emails is mostly five or six C's, which means it's only for accredited guys. And I think a lot of military guys think like, okay, these are the only opportunities that are available. Like, I don't know how to see any of these things that I can actually invest in. And so it just, it really irked us that a lot of guys weren't like, we're willing, but like, we're not able to get into a lot of these deals due to, you know, their financial status, due to the amount of money they had. 
which a lot of these deals, you know, the minimum is, is 50, a hundred thousand. I've even seen some that are like 250,000 for a minimum, which is ridiculous for, mm-hmm. for your average military guy to be able to come up with that kind of income. And by no means is, is it, you know, is there not anyone like that? Cause I've met individuals who are in the military active duty, who are accredited investors, but the vast majority of the guys who, who realize the impact of real estate of multifamily real estate and, you know, the passive income, that can bring in the tax benefits, all that, are just not accredited and they don't meet that status. So, uh, you know, so the financial status, the large minimums that were there, you know, the general lack of access and um, just, it barred a lot of people, a lot of military guys uh, from getting in. So uh, what we did is, and what we thought about was, hey, like we want to create an opportunity for military brothers and sisters, both in and out of uniform to be able to invest in real property um, without having to throw in, you know, their life savings into these deals. So what we did is we created a regulation A plus fund, which is it's a little different than a syndication uh, in that it's a blind pool of income. So instead of individuals investing in a particular property, they're investing into a pool, which is then spread across, norm, you know, and various different properties. And so, you know, your, your risk is spread out there rather than all, having all your eggs in one basket. Um, but the concept behind Mission First Capital is to be able to provide opportunities to an uh, unlimited amount of accredited and non-accredited investors. So uh, any any veterans or any military members who are out there can invest in this. Uh, much smaller minimums than you're going to see uh, on a typical syndication. And, you know, it's a 100% veteran-owned and operated property or uh, uh, fund. So Phil and I, uh, my partner on this, are both, you know, either active duty like me or a veteran. Phil's a, a Navy vet. Uh, we have mill spouses that are working with us. We have other Navy guys who are working with us. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys to get into, into invest in real estate without having to get into REITs, without having to have a lot of, of money thrown into these large syndications um, and really get their feet wet and, and start building a future for themselves. Cause that's really where it comes down to, cause you know, I've spent the past two years realizing that real estate is my ticket out of, of the Navy. It's my ability to um, create a future for myself that I don't have to, uh, you know, accept the next orders. I don't have to sign a contract if I don't want to. I don't have to do this or that. And it gives you a lot more options if you are financially free or at least you have some other income coming in uh, to be able to make more beneficial life choices for yourself. Like, Spending, being able to spend a lot more time with my family and going to go travel, being able to decide what my day looks like, uh, you know, at any given time. And so we want to be able to provide that for, you know, that the average, you know, enlisted officer that are out there, the average veteran that is out there that is, you know, once again in real estate, but just doesn't know how. Um, and so, you know, uh, we're deploying that capital to, you know, buy properties in the Hampton Roads area and around the country, but also working with other veteran uh, investors around the country and operators who are already established within their particular market and providing them capital and working with them to, um, you know, take down, you know, bigger and, and better deals. Cause that's ultimately where it lies. You know, yes, we can bring in all these investors to, to put money together, to buy, to, you know, have a big pool of money to deploy. But if we're not working with other operators, other veteran operators who are doing this, like why, like we're just like anyone else who are doing a syndication. If we're not willing to work with the, the very guys who are trying to help, then you know it's kind of, it's kind of defeats the purpose. So, so essentially um, the way so essentially what I'm gathering right is is 
the way that you have it set up is similar to how a lot of other uh, hard money lenders lend money, right? But you're not just lending the capital, you're also investing yourselves. Like, so you guys are actually purchasing asset with the money that's in the fund. And then also, I'm assuming if let's say you don't, you don't have a deal right now, or if you have some access, excess capital, then you're able to lend that out to other service members who are trying to flip or trying to do, I'm not sure if you have any specific uh, specifications with that you know, with the capital that you are lending, but am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, we'll deploy it in a, and this is actually still being fleshed out, but we've got three different options for how we're planning to kind of deploy this capital on uh, the first one is obviously within our own deals. So, you know, Phil and I are kind of, are the managing partners of this and we have, you know, asset management and acquisition experience on both sides. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll take down deals where we can, but uh, if you, are watching what's happening with real estate as a whole, particularly with multifamily, it's very hot market. And uh, it's hard to find good deals anymore uh, in, a, in one particular market. But when you're spread out across a whole country, the opportunities are a lot more available. And, and so our second option is to, like I said, invest with veteran operators who are in the traditional sense syndicators, but we act as a limited partners in that case with the fund. And we come in on, on the general partner side to help take down the asset management and um, you know the acquisition side of things. So you're not just lending the capital, but you're also being a part of the deal. Is what you're saying? Yep. Okay. Now I got it. All right. I yep. thought you meant like you're just lending the capital. You know, short term, short term, um, uh, short term turnaround, two year. You know, and then they give the money back with interest, obviously interest only loan or something like that. So you're, but you're talking about you literally invest with that person if they bring the deal to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. And, um, you know, we, we make it into so something like that. That's still kind of something we got to flesh out because there's obviously a lot more underwriting and, and due diligence involved with that. Um, but we're mainly trying to stick with the commercial real estate and the multifamily okay. um, side of things. Okay. So, and then, um, whoops, sorry, go ahead. So we got two, so we have two fronts essentially right now from, uh, from my understanding. So I, I want to give kind of like an example. So anyone out there is listening kind of gets a, has a very, very clear understanding of kind of uh, I, I guess where, we, someone could go to you and, and receive this help. So I am E6, I am E6 Staff Sergeant Wynn, that's you know, Army, right? Or I think that's Chief Petty Officer, maybe, uh, Navy, I believe. Yeah, E6, yeah. I yeah, know, yeah, oh, so. first class, that's Petty. first class, yeah. Okay, all right, so I'm an, I'm an E6, right? Um, and yeah. I have $20,000 set aside, right? So I come to you, hey, Anthony, I see you got this great fund. Uh, how can I deploy this capital that I have and I want to start buying some some hard assets. What what are the options that you would present to me? Sure. Well, first off, I would say, hey, take take a look at missionfirstcapital.co, uh, not .com.co, and that's where our website that has all the details on on um, you know how to get started, you know what we're doing, the investments that we have involved, you know, bios about Phil and I, um, and we have an investor portal through a um, an organization called Groundbreaker, which is. Uh, you ever heard of Syndication Pro or Appfolio? It's essentially a, a brand like that, a, a way to have an investor portal and keep you know individuals' um, financials all together. So through Groundbreaker, uh, setting up an investor account through that, you'll be able to access the fund options that we have, which right now is is uh, the growth fund. So um, it's built around the idea of having a, a essentially taking you know a little a little amount of money and, and turning it into a nest egg for yourself. So uh, you know typical. Typical uh, multifamily gives cash flow um, of some sort, 
And that's an option that we're working on right now. But the growth fund is more oriented towards, you know, putting in a certain amount of capital and getting a set amount of return, much higher return than you're typically going to see after a set amount of time. So for example, we have a three-year option where if you want to put in, you know, uh, let's call it $5,000, then, you know, three years from now, you get $5,000 plus an additional 25% on top of that. So you're getting back $6,250. And so, you know, in, and it's staked in real properties and real assets. And if you want to keep it in there for three years, five years, 10 years, whatever you want to do, you know, the idea is, is that, that that nest egg that you're putting in that you can consistently put in if you want to do it on a quarterly basis is really working for you instead of sitting in a bank account, you know, essentially fighting against inflation. And, uh, you know, it's, it's purely passive. There's nothing really you have to do uh, to make it work for you, but it's tied into something that's real. That's not going to be fluctuating like the capital market's doing now. You know, it's not going to be uh, really going into dividends or going to a larger REIT kind of company uh, to fund that. So it's, uh, it's as close as you can get to passively investing and making your money work for you. Um, if that is an option and that's what you ultimately want to do. And we're happy to talk to guys about it, uh, what their options are. If they want to reach out to us at Mission First Capital, they can reach out to me on Facebook. We got a Facebook group there. Uh, I'm always on Facebook, so happy to chat about that. But that is my suggestion for, uh, you know, for the E6 one to, to utilize their capital. Okay. I, I think, I think uh, that definitely provides a, a more, a clear, or like an, a great uh, picture of, you know, what, what you're doing and what you're, how you're able to help other people. So that's good stuff, man. So, um, so we got the syndication. What, what's next for you? What do you, uh, where, where do you see yourself growing? Where do you see mission, uh, mission first capital growing? How are you, what, what do you see? Uh, what do you see on the horizon? <laughs> Sure, sure. So, um, you know, uh, March is when we're going to actually start accepting capital at this point. Uh, we're just ramping up the marketing and, and getting everything together to be able to provide the best experience possible. Um, but once that's available, excuse me, once that's available, our goal for this year is to raise $30 million and have that deployed into about $100 million worth of real estate. And, uh, you know, that's why we're, we're building networking and partnerships right now with other operators around the country. That's why we're looking at properties ourselves and, and establishing our underwriting criteria. That's why we're just getting ourselves uh, set up to really crush this year, because uh, I think there's a lot that's going to be coming down in 2021 um, with uh, with properties being available for a discounted price. Let's say that eviction moratorium. Uh... <laughs> with that uh, yeah with that with that ending i think that's gonna we're gonna see a, a change as well so I, I tend to agree with you there so that should be uh interesting right mm -hmm. so um got it so you guys are continuing to you're, you're, you're trying to build the fund 30 mil hopefully deploy it towards 100 100 mil worth of capital or worth of property excuse me and um yeah man like that's just really exciting. Those are really, really lofty, lofty, lofty goals. And how, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself getting to that point? Like, is it more through um, working with other service members as far as like bringing more people into the team or like, what, what is your plans with that? Yeah, I mean, right now we have the, the two managing partners and we have, a, you know, uh, another male spouse that we work with as well. Um, you know, and we're still kind of flesh out, you know, what how much work is actually going to be coming in? Do we need to have a team of virtual assistants to answer phones? Do we need to have all of these, are our processes set up as automatically as possible with the minimum amount of input from us to be able to essentially get 
a military guy who's looking at our website from first touch and for through marketing of some sort to get them actually into the investor uh, an investor portal account. So, um, you know, it's an, it, I think that's one thing that's, it's interesting about business and particularly real estate is that it's an ever evolving dynamic, right? You know, you're, you're never going to be, you're never going to settle for exactly what's happening right now, right? 30 million is great this year. And, you know, but 50 million may be better next year, right? The process that we have right now is probably good, good now, but there's always a means to, to improve upon it. So you know, I think that that's uh, one thing I definitely learned from the military is that, you know, there's a processing procedure, one for everything you do. And if there isn't, you need to make one for it. So, you know, that's, I think that's really what's going to take off this fund and uh, make sure that we're, you know, as extremely successful as we can be. But, you know, if there's anyone interested in, in, you know, working with us in terms of they have deals or they're looking to get started, uh, we do have a program we're going to set up probably towards the end of the year through SkillBridge, where we essentially bring people to uh, intern with us for about you know six months or so, learn the trade of talking with brokers, searching for deals, um, you know, finding property management companies, how to do deal diligence, and all of that, training them up, and then deploying them around the country in places like Dallas, Tampa, you know, California, Arizona, all over the place, and have veteran satellite hubs set up all over the place that we can then deploy uh, the capital that way essentially see those guys capital oh that's awesome man that's awesome dude that's awesome man so um you already pretty much already gave your uh what what advice you'd give to any service member trying to you know trying to get to where you're at and that's pretty much uh you know networking and and um and basically changing your mindset right um how can our how can any service members out there get in contact how can any of our listeners get in contact with you sure uh so you can find me on uh facebook anthony pinto you also find me on linkedin but i don't i'm not too active on linkedin um you can also go to missionfirstcapital.co and uh, you can find our contact information there um it's really the the big the big methods uh also if you want to check out uh, the podcast the lessons in real estate show and or anyone who's interested in coming on the show, we mainly talk with military investors who have experience or are getting started in multifamily and commercial real estate to share their lessons learned and, and talk about their journey from you know where they started to where they are now, both in and out of uniform. So happy to uh, connect through there as well. Definitely, man. Hey, so anybody listening, make sure you go check out the podcast if you're trying to find out more about the commercial side, right, and how Mission First can help you out. Um, you know, Anthony, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. You just dropped a lot of value, especially um, about starting up your own, starting up your own fund. Loved your progression through um, where you started and how, you know, where you're at now and what your future looks like. So um, really going to be looking out for you guys. Excited to see where you guys go. Um, but again, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Really do. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a blast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So um, if anybody else uh, out there, make sure you guys are anybody out there listening make sure you uh, hit that like button hit the subscribe button um if you're listening to so on podcast make sure you leave us a five-star review um other than that you know this is dan Wynn signing off